His goodness tonight. Lord, we bless You. Father, we glorify You. Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your presence. Thank You for Your holy written Word. Thank You for this opportunity we have to stand for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank You for this opportunity we have to stand for righteousness. Lord, stand against the wiles of the enemy. Stand in a, in a time where the world's getting darker. Lord, I thank You that the light of the Gospel is shining brighter and brighter. The church is becoming more and more glorious. Thank you, Lord. We're a part of that wonderful end time church. Thank you for calling us to be your hands and your feet. Thank you that we're your body on the earth today. Lord, we take our responsibility. We take our place today. I thank you for your word, which shines in dark places. Lord, tonight, I thank you for revelation in your word for, for every one of your people. Let not one person leave this place the same way that they came. In Jesus' mighty name, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive in Jesus' name. And if you believe it and receive it, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord one big shout of praise tonight before you're seated. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be comfortably seated. Welcome back to this Thursday night. River Church at Dickinson. Man, great to be here with you. Survived another day of the winter cold. And uh, have to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. I want to read something to you. I posted this on my Instagram earlier today. Um, my wife actually did, and then I reposted it. But um, So last night, I'm sure people uh, probably paid attention um, maybe to the weather a little bit. We had a windstorm. When we finished preaching here and we got uh, in the back office, Pastor LaShawn said, oh, no, there's an advisory uh, to not drive between Bismarck and... Um, Dickinson. Uh, it's advised you don't drive. So, uh, wind gusts up to 45 miles an hour. And so we prayed, you know, we don't take that sort of thing lightly. I don't know how to drive in snow, so I wasn't being reckless. We went and put in gas and then made the decision, are we going to hang here, get a hotel, or head back over? And obviously on the other side is our kids. We don't just leave them at the house by themselves, like my, my, my mom-in-law's there with them. We're not just like, here's a bowl of food, put them in a pen. Cry it out, and we'll see you in the morning. <laughs> We've given them. You, don't, you shouldn't do that. I think you can go to jail. Um, but we decided that we prayed, and we decided, let's go. So we drove, um, and it was, uh, I'm, not to, I'm not here to complain about the drive. Um, it was long. But uh, there was a news story this morning. This is the sort of thing that, that revival leads to. You know, there's things that happen in the spirit realm. When you stand and preach the gospel, things that get broken even if you're not having an all-night prayer meeting for righteousness to stand in the land. And those, that works too. But when you stand and preach the gospel, and when the anointing is released in an area, the anointing changes things. The anointing, the anointing is what makes people prosper. The anointing is what makes ground prosper. There's actually a response. The Bible says, let the people praise him, let all the people praise him, and the earth shall yield her increase and God, even our own God, will bless us. That, that when you praise, when you lift up your voice, that when the voice go, there's voices of praise go out, there's an actual response from the earth. So things like this happen when revival comes to an area, when the presence of God is released. So this is the news story. NDHP troopers say stop to aid motorists amid blizzard turned into a fentanyl bust. Multiple people are in custody after North Dakota Highway Patrol say they found roughly one and a half pounds of fentanyl in two cars. Troopers say they stopped to assist several people who were parked off the side of I-94 in two cars Friday. During the check, they say they noticed one of the drivers 
28-year-old so-and-so was driving without a valid driver's license. After getting a search warrant, troopers say they found two large bags containing fentanyl, several smaller bags of fentanyl, seven bottles of methadone, and more than $61,000 in cash in the two cars. A passenger, 33-year-old Amanda so-and-so, said the group was in the process of moving to Dickinson. She's charged with possession with intention to deliver fentanyl, among other charges. So-and-so is also charged with possession with intention to deliver fentanyl. Border Patrol reports that he's not a citizen of the United States and has been deported in the past. So you, that's what the gospel does. Can we take 20 seconds and thank the Lord that we're not getting more fentanyl dumped right into the heart of Dickinson? Lord, thank you. Lord, we're standing for the truth of the gospel. I thank you that the plans of the enemy for Dickinson are unraveling in Jesus' name. I thank you that as the preaching of the gospel with the anointing of the Holy Ghost goes forth from this church, I thank you that the devil's plans get ruined, that the devil will finally say, I give up. I'm not touching that place anymore. There's too much anointing being released from that city. I'm gone. I'm heading south, I'm heading north, I'm heading somewhere else. Thank you for the light of the gospel shining in Dickinson in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That, that's what revival does. You know, it's things that you don't see that happen in the spirit realm. You know, uh, evangelist, um, uh, pastor evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, who some of you may be familiar with, he's uh, hooked up with the River Church, but he pastors out of and travels out of Pittsburgh. He has a, a church that he started this year uh, in Pittsburgh. And they had a prayer meeting. Uh, during, it was a weekday prayer meeting, and he started praying, and he said, Lord, I thank you that the fentanyl, the fentanyl trade coming into Pittsburgh is cursed in Jesus' name. Prayed for 30 seconds or so on the subject, and then it was about three days later, they made the biggest uh, drug bust, fentanyl bust, in like Pennsylvania history, like crazy. That's what the anointing does, where there's things that are, you know, the only reason the Antichrist, not that he hasn't come, that he can't come, is because he that lets hasn't been taken out of the way. That's the body of Christ. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Antichrist can't come because if he came, we'd cast the devil out of him right now. The church of Jesus Christ has to be off the earth before the Antichrist can come. So when the body of Christ stands up, and that's why it isn't just a marathon to see who can come to the most services. It's not what it's about. Yes, the Lord looks at faithfulness and it's being faithful. But what happens is when the gospel is preached and the power of God is released, the power of God makes a difference in an area. And so things like that, where you're going to have someone who's going to come and they're bringing one and a half garbage bags, one and a half big bags of fentanyl and moving to Dickinson. And, and what happened? Here you have fear. Someone who's driving is fearful because of the storm. The fear that's in them causes them to pull over and then a cop finds them. And it's, <laughs> it's an unfortunate night for those two and a happy night for everybody else. Amen. That's what the gospel does. When you take a stand, that's why you have to see this region is my responsibility. I'm not on this earth to just live and exist and try to make enough money and get through to the other side. I'm not on, yes, my number one goal is to make heaven. I hope this, it's the same for you. My number one goal in life is make heaven, but I have a responsibility. Whether or not you're called to the ministry, I have a responsibility to stand for the Bible. You know, people hear things of like the Columbine shooting where uh, there's the young lady who the shooters came up and said, if you're a Christian, stand up. They came in the classroom and she was one of the ones that stood up and we say, you know, if I was faced with the same opportunity, I would do the same thing. But then people come and in their own life, there's, there's no stand for what matters. The gospel has to cost you something. That's the whole point of take up your cross and follow me. And I know, I know coming out to a week of meetings and sitting in, in a 
warm climate when it's eight degrees outside isn't really costing you. But, but in, in some case, you're taking a whole week of your, of, of your life, a whole every night of a week and saying, I'm going to come and let the power of God get on the inside of me to change me. I'm going to come and take a stand for the gospel. And I'm going to stand up because of all the things a church can do. Preaching the gospel to a lost and dying world and standing up for the power of God is at the top of them. It's not about feeding programs, although there's a food bank, but that's not the main thing this church does. It would be a shame for this church to have a food bank. People come in off the street, need food. You have a homeless person come, needs food, and then they don't get the gospel. It's about standing up for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of God. And you will see rapidly that things start to change. You'll see the places where where, where you'll see strip clubs close down you'll see drug you'll see the drug trafficking stop human trafficking stop the light shines in an area i mean there's even uh if you look at tampa where the river church is the tampa you look at tampa has one of the most diverse in florida has one of the most diverse um groups of people like uh, represented and usually where you find that you find higher levels of crime and so if you look at on paper tampa should be one of the 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 worst in crime in the state but it's like not even, in, as far as cities go, and it's one of the highest populous, it's not even in the top 10 or it's at number 10. And so even as the church focused, you can trace it back. You can look at the FBI reports for crime in the city. And as the church made it their business to go out and they mapped out the city and they knocked on every door and said, hey, someone answers, hey, has anyone told you God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life? If you were to die today and presented with every door in the city with the gospel message that year after year, it's like, the police, they asked the police, chief, why, why is it that the crime's going down? Oh, you know, and they've got their answers. Well, we did this, we did this, we did this. But as the church, one church in that area that decides we're going to see the gospel net cast, you can't be confronted with eternity and still face and still face life the same way. Those words get on the inside of you. God looks at cities like Dickinson and will place a church there. God, call, I know I said this earlier in the week. But you have to get this in your spirit. God called your pastors to move from Tampa back, uh, back and then to here, to Dickinson, North Dakota, to be a light and to be a place that people can come and, and, and take a stand for the gospel. People can come and be a part of a church that's aiming to take over the city. The whole purpose of the church of Jesus Christ in this city is that this city would feel the effects of it. It's not to have a group where, okay, we're the Christians, so we got to have a place that we meet. No, it's that we can be a lighthouse. The Bible says that a church is the pillar and stay of the truth. That's the Bible. The, the local church is the pillar and the stay of the truth. It's a lighthouse in that city that people would see the light, whether they like it or not. You know, I, I said this earlier in the week. There's people who don't like the gospel. There, there, there was, in Tampa, there was a, a lady who worked at a high school, just a regular high school, and she was a teacher, and she had her parking spot, and she had spray painted in her parking spot, but like um, decaled, I can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4.13. And there were other people and other teachers and parents that were upset. And someone wrote, someone wrote and said, uh, the, the, the report, the person said, yeah, when I saw Christ, it really aggravated me and, and upset me. Reading the name Christ really upset me. And I commented on it. If, if, you name, if you read the name of Jesus Christ and it upsets you, that's because there's a demon living on the inside of you. That's just a heads up for you. There's people who don't like the gospel being preached. There's people who would like to make it law that you cannot walk up to a stranger 
and confront them with the gospel. But even as the world goes that way, even more so does the body of Christ need to stand up and say, my, my job in life is to obey God and is to win my city for Jesus. I, if you believe it, if you receive that, why don't you give the Lord a great hand clap and shout amen tonight. I believe we have a church in Dickinson that's going to stand up and see Dickinson shaken by the power of God. You know, but it takes everyone getting on board. This is not what I'm preaching on tonight, but it takes everyone getting on board and taking responsibility. Number one, what's my responsibility? Number one, to be a soul winner. And, and these are what revivals are for. You know, when God touches you, what begins to happen is you begin to be, the Bible talks about being conformed in the image of the Son. So the whole purpose is that God would, as we go in life, is that God would work on us and we'd be more like Jesus. How many agree that by the time we get old and gray, we should be more like Jesus than we are today? In 10 years, you should be more like Jesus. And that doesn't mean, you know, for some people you ask them, well, explain Jesus to me. And they're like, well, he was just so kind. Well, yes, he was kind, but there were times he was very unkind. So it wasn't like he was kind all the time. Well, when? You know, how about when he walked up to the Pharisees and said, you whitewashed sepulcher full of dead men's bones? That's an insult. He walked into the money changers and flipped them over, made whips. You know, how would you like to be driven out of church with a whip? That's not kind. That wasn't kind. But, you know, he still loved. That was actually, that rebuke was God's love for them. I was reading today, Jesus looks at the Pharisees and said, they come to trap him and he says, you hypocrites. Uh, and then he tells a parable. Uh, a, 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 a father comes to his two sons, says, go out in the vineyard, work today. The one son says no, and then he goes and does it anyway. The other one, go out in the vineyard, the son says yes, and he doesn't do it. And then he says, which one did the will of the father? Well, the one that said no and did it anyway. He said yes. And then he said uh, he said, harlots and tax collectors will get into the kingdom of God before you. He looked at the religious leaders of the day. Well, that didn't sound very kind. Yeah, it wasn't, but that was God's love for people. So what is Jesus? Oh, you know, we just need to be more kind. The, Jesus' key thing in life is not kindness. Jesus' key thing in life is, is, is yes, he's love, but it's, it's, it's standing up for what heaven says. Even in the face of, I don't care what anyone else says. I'm not here to be kind. I'm here to do the will of my father. I'm here to resist. I'm here to resist religion. I'm here to say, I don't care what you think. You may persecute the message of tongues. You may persecute the message of prosperity. I, I'm not phased by that. I'm standing up for what the Bible says. And that's what God wants to do on the inside of you. They're, 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 Christians should be gutsy people. Christians, Christianity is not for gutless people. It's not just sit down. Government says close down. No, who do you think you are? I'm the church of Jesus Christ. I don't take my orders from you. I take my orders from the word of God. Close down. The Bible told me, told me not to close down. So it's either you or it's the Bible. And I'm telling you, it's the Bible. It's not you. There has to come something on the inside that you say, I'm not here to be pushed around by life. I'm not here to be instructed what to do. I'm here to stand up by, 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 by a wicked world. If they had their way, they'd make it that you can't preach the gospel. You, can't, you know, there's, another th there's a thing that they're trying to, I don't know if they're trying to pass or they just, they just passed it. It's called the same sex bill. But it really was like, someone said, well, I thought you people could, you know, I have family that got married or same-sex marriage. But it's to persecute churches to take away their 501c3 status if, they do, if they're unwilling to perform same-sex marriages. And I don't know if that's nationwide or if that's just in certain states or what it is. But that's what they're looking to pass. They come to Pastor Will, two guys, and, and people will come, people will come to get places, to try to get places shut down. Because this is what they think. They think, well, the people, people in the body of Christ care about their money, if you told them that they're giving, 
that they gave to the church wouldn't be tax deductible if they gave, most of them would shut it down. You know, in Canada, they get 40% back. 40% back from what they give, they get back. So if you give $10,000 to your church, you get a $4,000 refund for giving it back. Pastor Rodney always says when he ministers up there, you should give 40% more. Yeah, if the government's giving, you should give 40% more. It, it, oh, take away. Well, I'm, I stopped tithing because they took it. Jesus, the, the scriptures on tithe didn't talk about tax exempt, not tax exempt. It said bring the tithes into the storehouse. It didn't say consider. So this is what they're, they're planning. Here, we'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll send in like, you, you heard those stories about that person that came in to a bakery and then in Colorado. Hey, would you bake us a cake? This is my fiance, man and man. I'm sorry that goes against my religious beliefs. Please find another baker. And then they sue and the place gets shut down. Business closed. So, so many decades of business and shut down. And that's what they'll look to do. They, they have no interest. They have no support. They have no love for the body of Christ. They hate the body of Christ. But they'll come and they say, Pastor Will, would you marry us? It's Jeff and Doug. Uh, I'm sorry, that goes against what I believe. Okay, talk, talk to the government. Take away their 501. And then the people definitely aren't going to give because now it's not tax deductible anymore. We'll dry up the church and shut it down that way. And so you have to understand that there's an attack against the church. There's certain things you have to decide on the inside. It doesn't matter what the government moves to do. I'll never quit going after the gospel. I'll never quit going to church. Even if they, even if they make it that by attending church that, that, that I, I can't get a tax refund. I don't care. Because when they try to grip the money, that's where you grip the heart of people. And that's why even the giving message is so much more important. Because if money has a grip of your heart, and if you're not generous towards the kingdom of God, then money has a grip of your heart. If you can't, and I know I'm talking to the people who are the most generous. You're here on a Thursday night. Everyone, people have been giving. So I understand. I just want to preach something in you so that if and when the time comes, Hey, if you, if you attend a church and you support a church that doesn't support same-sex marriage, then we're taking away whatever. You know, there were people in Tampa when, when, when Pastor Rodney took a stand and didn't shut the church. You know, there was that Sunday. It was, a, it was Friday night. The order came. Everything had to shut. And then we got word. We're, we're meeting Sunday. And so we're meeting Sunday. And so we, Pastor Rodney kept the doors open. And then Monday comes around. And then Monday, Pastor Rodney gets arrested. And then and then we were getting death threats. And then he was released, immediately released the same day. We were getting death threats. 100,000, you know, it was on TMZ. It was this whole big thing. Church, church refused. It's careless. It's reckless. People are going to die. There were people at the River Church who when, who when they didn't shut down, because Pastor Ryan didn't shut down, when the boss said, hey, didn't, don't you go to the River Church? Yes, you're fired. That They lost their jobs because they, yes, I do go to the River Church. That you have to be willing to say, it doesn't matter what it costs me. I'm not on this earth for, for the comfort of my family. I'm on this earth to see the kingdom of God advance. There's no way to view the gospel through the, through the books of Matthew through Revelation and not have something on the inside. You know, this is kind of the whole story. Like, you read from Genesis to Revelation, and it's a story of persecution. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, bow or die. King, we're not careful. You know, this is a king... That, that had an anger issue, an anger demon. I mean, the Bible says, the Bible says he got so, he went into such a rage that the, the King James says the form of his visage was changed. Your, his face looked different. He got so angry. That's a demon. You know, if your eyes roll back in your head and go solid white, that's a demon. If they start to, if they go thin, I've heard stories like this where a demon manifests and people go to snake eyes. That's a demon. 
the, if your King James says the form of his visage was changed, <laughs> uh, the form of his visage was changed. That's a demon. And here they say, King, we're not careful. We're not anxious about answering you in this matter. It's easy for us to say what we're going to say. The God that we serve, who will save you out of my hand? The God we serve, he's able and he will. But just so you know where we stand, even if he doesn't, we will not bow, O king. And he got so furious, heated up seven times. That, that, this is the gospel. Oh, you're going to make a stand? Yeah, walls of Jericho are coming down. Yeah, I'm standing up. Yes, it's the 300 and it's, it's odds that are against us. Yes, it's, it's unlikely. Jesus is there and they're going to stone him and then he slips through. This is kind of the message of the gospel. You stand up when it costs you something. And that's what, the, that's what the Christian church had been lulled to sleep. And that's why when, when, when March 2020 happened, by and large, the Christian church was not ready because they had been lulled to sleep. You got to be kind. You got to be respectful. Preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. That's garbage. That's not in the Bible. No, preach the gospel with your words and get people saved. If, if you've been sitting for the same barber for 15 years and he doesn't know you're a Christian, or maybe he knows but you've never given an opportunity to get saved, that's wrong. Use your words. Hey, boss, I want to ask you something. We've known each other for a long time. Crazy question. If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? You know, it's, it's who, who was it? Penn and Teller. Uh, Penn and Teller, I don't know what they do, but Penn and Teller, you know, the magician guys, I think they're magician guys, Penn and Teller, but famous atheists. They're like the, the famous atheists. And he said, a, he said, a Christian, he said, a Christian that won't share their faith is a coward. This is an atheist. He said, because if you really believe that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus and you won't tell somebody else, you're a coward. That's selfish. That's from an atheist. That'll put something on the inside. <laughs> That'll put something on the inside of you. No atheist calling me selfish. I'm going to share the gospel. And you know, that's what God wants to put on the inside of you. That you stand up and you say, I'm not on this earth for me and my kingdom. I'm on this earth to see the kingdom of God advance. There's only a short time left. And I'm not wasting time with excuses. I'm not wasting time trying to do my own thing. I'm standing up and I'm going to see Dickinson saved. And maybe I won't live in Dickinson for the rest of my life. Maybe I will. Maybe North Dakota will be, maybe I'll retire here. Maybe I'll die here. Maybe Jesus come back and I'll still be here. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just here for work and I'm going to go back to wherever I'm from whenever that happens. But for a while I'm here, I'm occupying until he comes or until I go. I'm, I'm occupying. I'm taking up space like an invading army. I've, we've come to occupy your territory. I am the dominating force in this area. I am the one taking up space. There has to be an offensive mindset, not a defensive, well, let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. Jesus didn't die for you to stay in a defensive mindset. I wonder what the devil's going to come up with next. Jesus died so you can stand up and say, this is my city. These are my people. I'm getting one at a time. I'll get them saved. You know, with this church, if you had 25, 25 dedicated soul winners, 25 dedicated soul winners, 25, winning one soul a day. That'd be 25 souls a day. You know that in three years, you would have presented the, the gospel. I mean, maybe you'd overlap some. But if there's 25,000 people, it would take you 1,000 days, 
25 people wanting one soul a day, a thousand days, you'd reach Dickinson. Three years. The whole place. The whole place. You, the, 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 the goal should be, we're going to see Dickinson. We're either going to get people really angry or we're going to get them all saved. It's going to be one of the two. going to be like, someone asked me this yesterday. Someone asked me this last week. You're the, this is the 14th time you specifically, you have asked me this question. I know, but last three, 13 times you said no. And so I wanted to see if anything had changed. <laughs> you know, that's what God wants to do. He wants, to, he wants the life of God to come alive on the inside of you that you say, I'm taking territory for the kingdom of God and I'm taking responsibility and I'm standing up. And this thing, you know what, you know what giving and soul winning does? It invests your heart into the kingdom. You get a love for people. And so when they say shut down, what do you mean shut down? We're the church. If there ever was an essential service, when people are without hope, it's the church of Jesus Christ. Walmart's not more essential than the church is. The church is more essential. Where, who's doing altar calls while the church is shut down? Where's a place people can go when they're afraid? Where's a place people can go when they're sick? The church, this place has to stand, stay open. Governor, I don't know what you think we are, but we are the most essential service. There, there's something has to come out from the inside and not just from the preacher. Yes, he leads the way, and Pastor Rodney led the way, but that you say, bless God. You know what I think about sometimes? I think about the fact that when that Sunday came and everything was shut down, I was given the opportunity to come of my own free will. Now, I mean, I was on staff, so I mean, I was paid to be there, right? But I was given the opportunity to show up on that Sunday and, and say, I'm standing too. But a lot of congregations... The person, there were congregants who woke up and said, close down, close down for a virus? I'm from Africa. We've got, oh, viruses everywhere. Close down for a virus? Ebola, viruses everywhere. You don't close for a virus. Close for a virus. Close for a virus. You get a virus, you still go. You go get prayer. <laughs> close for a virus. But there were many congregations, the people that woke up and said, I'd like to go stand up and tell the government, for lack of a better term, screw you. I'm glad we're not broadcasting tonight. I'm not, I'm, no, this is what I've been looking for. I've been reading the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I've been reading the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've been reading the story of people faced government tyranny and stood up and said, I'm not denying Christ. People at the stake, through time, people at the stake, deny, deny Jesus or we burn you. Go ahead. Make my day. I, this is what I've been waiting for. But they didn't have that choice because their pastor stuck his tail between his legs and said, I'm sorry, you know, we want to keep a good relationship with the city. That, that's, what, that's what pastors took away. They took away the guts, the, even the option for their congregants to stand. And so what God wants to do is put something on the inside of his church in this final hour that it doesn't matter what happens. My commitment isn't here. I don't only give because of a tax refund. I don't only give. I'm not only coming because it's the right thing to do. I'm coming because I'm committed to Jesus Christ. I am a part of his body. And he said, he said, forsake not the gathering together, even the much more as you see the day approaching. There's something on the inside of every believer that you want to say, oh, you're going to try and shut us down? 
Come at me, bro. I don't know who you think you are. The God that I serve will have your job by the end of the week. You won't mess with me. You think you're going to mess with the church of Jesus Christ. You got it wrong. You picked on the wrong people. I'll die for this. That's what God puts on the inside of you when Jesus comes into your heart. But sometimes people, people get it preached out of them. Just be kind. I mean, if you came to church and the only message you heard was just be kind, you know, this is a tough time for people. And sometimes a smile is all they need. And sometimes when you're wearing your mask, you can't smile but they can see the smile in your eyes. Just be kind. Put your mask on because, because it helps people feel at ease and you don't want to be a source of fear for people. You want to help people be at ease. No, I'm not, I'm not bowing. I'm not bowing to nonsense to make someone feel at ease. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message is, is they will hate you for my sake. Blessed are you when you suffer persecution. The gospel message is the, the world will hate you, but, but my job, my responsibility is to see that the gospel advances in my territory in Jesus' name. If you believe it and receive it, give the Lord an, an amen tonight. Mark chapter 4. That's my warm-up. I'm warmed up. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude. So that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken. The word hearken means listen. Behold. The word behold means look. If Jesus says listen and look, it's probably good to pay attention. That's like when your, your friend looks at you and says, Hey, listen to me. It's pay attention to this one. Hearken, behold means pay close attention. Hearken, behold. There went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, and withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on ground, good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, this is verse 13, Know you not this parable? How will you know all parables? Do you not understand this parable? If you don't understand this one, you won't catch the rest of them. Verse 14, the sower sows the word, which is what I'm doing right now. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they heard, Satan comes immediately. Everyone say immediately. immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive word gladness. Everyone say immediately. immediately. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately, everyone say immediately. immediately. They are offended. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitful, deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. This passage has meant so much to me because it's the principle. I always used to see this through, through the eyes of a gospel message, a salvation message. You preach, some it falls on good ground, some it falls on bad ground. Some people say yes, some people say no. 
But this is really every time the gospel is preached. And so when you understand this, and you understand what the enemy's job is when you're hearing the Bible preached, his, and, and what he's trying to do and how he does it, it helps you defend against that. It's like, you know, you see those reels on, on Instagram or whatever. I saw one the other day where this guy reached over and he like smacked his wife just lightly, but like smacked her. And then she went to hit him, like backhand him, and he blocked it. And then he like knew everything she was going to do. Blocked here, blocked here, caught her hand, and then blocked here again. It's like he knew what moves she was going to make. If you can know what moves, that's a very bad analogy of like a wife and a husband hitting each other. But that's really, now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't have picked that one. But, but if you know the moves the enemy's going to make, then you're able to prevent against it. If you knew someone was going to come and try and break in the front door of your house at midnight tonight, you could be prepared. Who, who saw Home Alone? You know, when you, I, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. He had all those booby traps set up and those poor guys, you know, like tarred and feathered and f- hand burned on the doorknob and slipped on toy cars. You know, he's like set up for, they're breaking in tonight. I'm making sure they don't, they don't get it right. But the enemy comes. And so this first one where it says, the, this one that falls by the wayside, it says is that when the word is sown, which right now I'm doing that, I'm sowing the word. And so the word is sown and it says, that when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately and steals the word out of their heart. Well, it isn't just, you know, it isn't all up to God. It isn't that we all hear the word and God just made it that I don't get it. You know, you can look at people and see people come to church year after year and they don't progress in their faith. It's like there's people who've been in church for 40 years and they're still baby Christians, still dealing with unforgiveness, still dealing with bitterness, still living in sin, not progressed in the things of God, no faith, no, no joy, n- none of the fruits of the Spirit are evident in their life, and they've been there for 20 years, and they're the gossiping in the church, and you're like, how is it that you've sat through so many hours of teaching, and you haven't grown? If, if the Bible talks about we're oaks of righteousness. You know, an oak tree starts off small, so that's an oak tree. It's a little, it's an oak tree, but it's not doing its job, right? An oak tree at full height is, is doing something for the house, for the yard, for, for birds, for the ecosystem. This little thing's not contributing, right? And so you, you can find people, so you don't mature spiritually through the passage of time. It isn't, I've been born again 20 years. You know, it isn't like, oh, hey, congratulations. Uh, you just celebrated 20 years born again, so now I'm giving you miracles. Go work miracles. You know, there's people who get born again. I remember there was a guy who came um, to, to healing school, but he, he got born again. Someone came up to him and shared the gospel with him one-on-one, invited him to church. He had been on hard drugs, meth and all sorts, and uh, just lived a tough life. Lost all his teeth. Was just kind of in, a, in bad shape. Came, got born again, got on fire, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and just immediately started winning souls. Came to healing school, got set free, got delivered, and then right out of healing school went to summer school of evangelism and plugged in. And in summer school of evangelism, one of like... 300 souls to the Lord. So he's been saved less than two months and he's won 300 souls to the Lord. You, you, you know, most believers over the course of their life don't win one. Most Christians have never, maybe they've said Jesus loves you, but they've never actually led someone to Jesus. A single person. Here he's been born again for two months. And then I remember a few months later, I talked to him and he's asking me questions about healing. 
And then I talked to him a little while later. He's like, yeah, I was out on the streets and I prayed for this lady. The pain in her knee left. Another lady was bowed over and I prayed for her. So here's this guy who was on meth three months ago. And now he's on the streets getting people baptized in the Holy Ghost on the streets, getting people healed on the streets and, and, and bringing people to the church who's getting more done for the body of Christ and is growing at a faster rate than people who've been in the church for 30 years. You, you, time doesn't contribute to your growing in Christ. Now, faithfulness contributes, but you don't, there are people who've been born again for 40 years, and there's people who have been born again for four months, and the four-month person is more spiritually mature than the 40-year-old person. So, uh, person born again for 40 years. But the Bible says here, this is, this, is, this is taking you through how to progress spiritually. So it says, these that are fall by the wayside are the ones where the word is sown, and it says, Satan comes immediately to steal the word out of their heart. Well, what does that look like? Well, that's where Satan comes to contradict the word. Think about in the garden, the Garden of Eden, when, when uh, Satan came to tempt Eve. The snake came to tempt Eve and then said, uh, oh, no, she said, the day we eat of this, we'll die. And he said, no, that, no, he comes to contradict. No, that's not how it works. The day that you eat of this, God knows you'll be like him. So that's his same thing. He comes to immediately steal the word. So here I say, you're going to go from glory to glory and strength to strength. This is going to be the best two months you've ever had. You're coming out of a life of sin. You're going to break addiction. You're going to overcome it. You're going to have the best month financially you've ever had. And I'm preaching the word, speaking life. And then the enemy comes and says, well, that's great for him. I'm glad he thinks so, but he doesn't know the struggle that I've had in this area. He doesn't know how strong the addiction is. This ran in my family. Alcoholism is run in my family. So what is the enemy trying to do? The enemy tries to come to say the other thing. The one that you believe is the one that will work for you. You know that you're always mixing faith with something. It might just be what the devil told you. Jesus says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And then the devil says, yeah, but you're a loser. And then, well, you know, my mom did say that I was good for nothing. And so you just believed and mixed faith with that one. And, G and Satan stole the word out of your heart. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. Old things, you know what passed away means? Died. Old things have passed away. Amen. What does it mean? That, that person you were, that sinner you were, that sin you committed, those mistakes you made, they're dead. Oh, but you know, it was really bad. It's dead. So then you choose. So Satan's job. So that's why you have to pay attention to what thoughts come to you after you've heard the word of God preached. I'm here to tell you tonight, you're going from glory to glory and strength to strength. You're not going down. You're not heading to bankruptcy. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to be out on the streets. You're coming into abundance. You're coming into overflow. You're going to see more people saved, healed, set free, delivered. You're going to live an overcomer's life. 2022, this close is going to be the best month and a half you've ever had in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. So the enemy comes to contradict. And so then he'll sometimes bring up an example. I mean, I remember talking to a young guy, and uh, we were talking about the Bible. And, and uh, I, said, I said this. We're talking about healing. I said, it's God's will to heal every time. It's God's will that every person gets healed today. Amen. Which is a strong statement, but I can back it up biblically. And he said, well, you know, and he'll bring up an example. You know, my cousin, 
was uh, I had a cousin who was six years old and got a brain tumor. And, and we, we, we started a prayer chain on Facebook, and we had thousands of people praying, and, you know, he still died. So I just think the Lord in that case, you know, just had a reason why he brought him home early. Well, that's not what the Bible says. He says, with long life, I'll satisfy you. No one would agree that a six years old is long life. No one would agree that 40 years old is a long life. No one would agree that 55 years old is a long life. Long life, I, I, I mean, in the 80s, long life for me is like 90, 95 plus. When people are like, whoa. When someone says, when you tell them your age and someone says, whoa, or they clap, you're into long life. We had a 95-year-old guy come to healing school. He came from the UK. He was Jamaican. He came from the UK, all dressed up every day, wore his dress shirt and his sweater vest and his slacks. And, then, and, and in good health. He came the one time his, his ear was deaf. It opened. And, uh, and then he came again. And I would tell people, you know, he's over here. He's not on any medication. He's 95 years old. People, whoa, 95, the fact that you're alive. That's awesome. That's how you know it's long life. When people clap, you're into it. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know, God had a reason. Well, that's not what the Bible says. What is that? That's the devil. He comes. Well, you know, that worked for them, but that's not going to work for you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I know that's what they say. God wants to heal them every time now. But your aunt, she had cancer, and she loved the Lord, and she died of cancer. Well, I, your circumstance doesn't may contradict, but I can't get into your heart. I can't see what you believed. All I know is Jesus can't lie. That word's going to work for me. Amen. So Satan comes to immediately steal the word. So pay attention to what the enemy tries to do to get you to not mix faith with the word. You have to intentionally, Hebrews 4 says, the, says this, Hebrews 4 2 says, the word of God did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. If I preach a gospel message, there's two people sitting next to each other. One person at the altar call gets up and runs to the altar. The other person at the altar call says, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Same word, same gospel, two totally different outcomes. Why? Someone said yes. The other person said, I'm not getting up there. I'm not standing up. What are people going to think about me? I'm not answering that call. And so what is it? The one it profits them. You fast forward 10 years down the road. One person's heart's hardened towards God. The other person's in love with Jesus. Life's totally different. And you fast forward 100 years, and it's way different. One's in heaven. One's not. Way different. What's the difference? Faith being mixed. The way you move forward in the word. The way, please hear me, Dickinson. The way you move forward in the word is that you, that you, purposefully apply your faith to what the word says now, even if it seems too big. Even if you hear a scripture like Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Well, rich, man, I'd just like to be middle class for a year or two. That'd be great. No, no, no. It doesn't say the blessing of the Lord makes one middle class. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. So what do I do? Even in my poverty, I say, thank you, Lord. I'm rich and I'm getting richer. Hallelujah. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. Hallelujah. Lord, you said I'd lend and never borrow. Hallelujah. Lord, you said in Psalm 37, I, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and their seed begging for bread. And then the next verse says, he lends and he disperses and his righteousness endures forever. Lord, that's two totally different things. Not begging is great. Not being forsaken is great, but lending's different. You can't lend if you're paycheck to paycheck. You have to have a savings account to lend. 
Hey, I thank you, Lord. I'm a lender and not a borrower. Lord, I may not be in any position to lend right now. I may be the borrower, but I thank you, Lord. Your word's bringing me out. I'm changing status, Lord. I'm going from lender to borrower. I thank you. All my credit card debt's paid off. All my student loans are paid off. I, it does, I don't need Joe Biden to pay off my student loans. Lord, I thank you. You pay off my student loans. Lord, you said I, I, the borrower is servant to the lender, and you didn't intend for me to, be to, me to be servant to anybody. Thank you, Lord. You're helping me that I be debt-free in Jesus' name. And Lord, not only debt-free, but able to make small business loans. Lord, would you help me to make a $5,000 loan to somebody this year? Lord, I thank you. Your words, what am I doing? I'm mixing my faith with what the word says. Well, you know, maybe if he knew I've had $250,000 worth of debt combined. It doesn't matter. The word of God said it. He said, you'd be the lender and not the borrower. Lord, you said it. You got to figure out the details. You know, when I believe for my house to be paid off, when I believe for my home to be paid off, I, I was reading in the Word, and I saw where it said, Own no man anything but to love him. And I thought, what do I owe? Well, I owe Jeep on my wife's Cherokee, and I owe my mortgage company, 80-something thousand. And then I saw it said, You'll be the lender and not the borrower. And I said, Lord, I can see in your Word that lending, me borrowing, me borrowing is not your perfect will for my life. Lord, I took these loans out. No one took them out for me. I'm responsible. I'm not saying it's a sin. I don't believe it's a sin. But I saw it in the word. So I said, Lord, if, I, if this is in the word, and then I read a scripture in Hebrews 2, and it says he would equip me with everything I need to do his will. And I thought, Lord, if your will is that I be out of debt, and you said you'd equip me with what I need to do your will, my prayer today, Lord, according to those three scriptures, lend and not borrow, I'd be a lender and not a borrow. Oh, no man, anything but to love him. And you'd equip me with what I need to do my, your will. Lord, I'm asking you for $80,000 so I can be out of debt. Lord, I'm asking you to pay off my house, $80,000. Lord, I'm willing to work. I, 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 if there's something I need to learn, Lord, I, however it comes, Lord, I'm asking you to equip me with what I need to do your will in Jesus' name. And then I started rejoicing like it was done because the Bible says, when you pray, believe you receive. So I, I gave an $80,000 dance. If I get blessed with 100 bucks, I'll do a jig. If I get blessed with $80,000, I do a dance. We, we, I'm going to be sweating. I'm gonna, I, jacket's coming off. I'm going to be running. Shoes going to be flying. I, you can, you're gonna, hair will be everywhere. You'll be able to tell. He danced. He went for it. It's all in proportion to the, all in proportion to the, 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 the blessing that comes in. And then that's what happened. I saw it in the word and I mixed faith. I could have easily said, well, you know, 80,000, I've never believed for anything like that. But it came alive in my spirit. And so the enemy comes to steal that word before your, word, that before your spirit man. You have to look at it like your spirit man has an arm and it's your job to reach up and say, that's for me, that's for me, that's for me, that's for me. That's for me. Prosperity, that's for me. Good night's sleep, that's for me. Peace of mind, that's for me. Hallelujah, overcoming, that's for me. Being debt-free, that's for me. Lord, I may not be a millionaire yet. Let me be the farthest thing from my line. But Lord, it's, it's getting into my spirit. Lord, I'm going to start working my faith just to start paying down these debts or getting out of debt. Supernatural debt elimination. Lord, so I can get to neutral and just get out of negative for now. That's where I'm starting. Lord, I think you're helping me to get out of debt. I'm going to find the debt-free scriptures and I'm going to mix my faith. I'm going to grab it and say, this one's mine. I don't know who's, who's else this is, but this one's mine. What is that? That's mixing faith with the word. So how do you do that? The next verse then says, the next people, the one that's by the wayside, the one that's thrown on 
um, stony ground are the ones where the word is preached. And what does it say? Immediately, it's re they receive the word with gladness. So here's the question. This is such a key. Here's the question. How do you go from being someone that the devil is able to grab the word from you and steal it from you and there's no benefit whatsoever? How do you progress? The Bible says instead of the devil grabbing it from you immediately, you receive it with gladness immediately. So something happens immediately. Either the devil steals it immediately or you say, Hallelujah, that one's mine. Bless God, that one's mine. I'm not waiting to say that one's mine. I'm not waiting until I feel more spiritual to say that one's mine. Here today, November, whatever it is, November 17th, that one's mine. I'm mixing my faith with that. Lord, I don't know who else you wrote this Bible for, but you wrote it for me. Lord, these good night sleep scriptures, Lord, you wrote that for me. Lord, this overactive bladder has to line up with the word of God because I need a good night's sleep. The Bible said you give your beloved rest. Lord, I thank you for a good night's sleep. Lord, I thank you this coming out of debt scriptures, that's for me. So how do I go from the one where the Satan steals it immediately to the one where I, it begins to progress past that? I receive it with gladness immediately. That's why when you sit and hear the word, that word amen means so be it. Or some people say, I'll take that. Or hallelujah. That's the way you begin to mix faith. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because if it's good news, there's going to be a response. If Jesus walked up to you and said, hey, I want to bless you with this, you'd say thank you. Or if someone walked up, hey, I got this new phone. I'd like to bless you with it. If, if you didn't say thank you, at some point they'd be like, do you appreciate anything? I'm going to stop giving. You know how if you give a gift and then, you know, who, who's had that happen where you go out of your way for somebody and there's no thank you? You throw a birthday party for some, somebody, you do something nice, and then there's no thank you. And then there's some people, you do something small. You bring them something small, and they'll thank you 11 times. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a big deal. It was a very small. And then there's someone else. You, you go out of your way for them. You spend time preparing, and then there's no thank you. It makes you where you don't want to do it again. And so God comes. Hey, I want to bless you. Then you say, Thank you. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And then the next thing, thank you. And the next thing, hey, thank you. That's what you do with the word. The word is God saying, here's your inheritance. And you're saying, thank you. I receive it. Hallelujah. Lord, I may not have a way to get out of debt. I may be calculating how much I make per hour, how many hours I get to work. It's going to take me till 2044, as long as they don't change my interest rate, just to get out of debt. You don't need to do the math. You just say, Lord, I trust you. You got a way to do it. Lord, if you can bring, if you can bring a raven to bring bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening to your prophet, Lord, you can get a raven to steal a Rolex off some sinner's wrist and drop it in my backyard. Lord, you got a way to do it. Lord, I thank you. I, I'm not trying to work out how how it is. I could work out 10 ways and you'll come with number 11. When the Lord tells you to do something, he doesn't ask you to work it out. He just says, believe and trust that he'll figure it out. I'm not even going to try to work out how this is coming in. Lord, I just want to say thank you again. I saw it in your word. Hallelujah. I saw it in your word. People want to know, well, how do I get it from here to here? I see it here. How do I get it here? There's two more stops in between Word and hand. You want to know what they are? It's got to get into your heart and it's got to come out of your mouth. Those are the two bus stops between you, the, the word and your hand. You get it into your, you get it, you see it in the word, you get it in your heart. It comes out of your mouth 
and then you hold it in your hand. You can't skip one of the stops. You don't go from A to Z. You go A, B, C, and then you get it right after that. Those are the stops. So what does that mean? You hear the word first, and you agree with it. At the end where it says, those that bring forth the hundredfold, these are they that are sown on good ground. Verse 20, such as hear the word and receive it. What is that? You have to agree with the word. Lord, I, you said debt free. Lord, you, you, the God of the universe, said I would lend and not borrow. Lord, right now, I'm a borrower. I wasn't planning on talking about debt. I'm just giving you, but, but obviously it applies to somebody. Lord, you said debt free. You said as your child, I would not be a, a lender. I, excuse me, I would not be a borrower, I'd be a lender. Lord, I took out all these, I got myself here. Lord, I'm asking you to get me out. You said you'd equip me with what I need to do your will. Lord, I receive it in my spirit. I'm debt-free. You can call me Ryan Debt-Free Yusta. That's my middle name. Hallelujah. Ryan Debt-Free Yusta. That's me. Hallelujah. Ryan Working Miracles Yusta. That's me. I saw it in the Word. Ryan Overcomer Yusta. I saw it in the Word. You get a diagnosis from the doctor. Hey, it's cancer. No. Ryan Cancer-Free Yusta. Why? Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Cancer can't touch me. I've already overcome cancer. When I got born again, I had overcome cancer. Hallelujah. I don't even need to have cancer to know I got, I overcome it. I'm an overcomer. It's who I am. It's in my blood. Why? Because I saw it in the word. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, you don't have to wait till you feel sick in your body to get victory in your spirit regarding sickness and disease. You can see it in the word. Thank you, Lord. Not one weapon that forms against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment against me, Lord, you said I'd condemn it. It doesn't matter what tries to knock on my door when I'm 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. I'm shutting the door and say, you can go to the atheist next door. I'm a child of God. You can't touch me. Hey, hallelujah. I'm off limits. As Jesus said, Jesus said, as he is in this world, so am I. And Jesus said, the prince of the world comes and he's got, he's got nothing in me. Hallelujah. The devil's got no claim on my body, got no claim on my mind, got no claim on my family. I'm untouchable. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. If you believe it, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. Put your amen to that word tonight. That's how you receive it, is you begin to mix your faith with the word immediately. I heard someone say, you can't hear the truth and you can't hear the truth and remain and, and remain neutral. You have to hear it and decide yes or no. And so either way, you know, when you realize that either you're mixing your faith with what God says or, with the, or the devil's contradiction, like everybody's mixing their faith with something. Isaiah 53, 1, whose report will you believe and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The difference is it isn't just trying to have a good attitude through tough times. The difference is, is when you mix your faith with God's word, the power of God is released to see that thing come to pass. That's the difference. This isn't a self-help program. This isn't Alcoholics Anonymous. This, isn't, this is the power of the Holy Ghost. That when you s stick with the word, power is released. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, when you heard the word of God, you received it as it is in truth, the word of God, not the word of man, which effectually works in those who believe. What does that mean? 
The word gets to work the moment you start believing. Well, I've been trying and it's not working. You're not believing yet. The moment you believe is the moment the word will start to work. Stop asking, how am I doing? Am I doing this right? And start saying, thank you, Jesus, it's mine. Lord, thank you, Lord. If I'm doing something wrong, you show me. But thank you, Lord, it's mine. Thank you, Lord, this church is paid off. Thank you, Lord, this church is paid off. Thank you, Lord, this church is paid in full. Thank you, Lord, even anonymous checks coming in. We saw what you were doing and we wanted to give. Hallelujah. Hey, we want Dickinson saved by the power of the Holy Ghost. We saw you were running, we saw you were running revival meetings in the middle of a snowstorm. Hey, we want to be a part of what you're doing. Hey, we heard you're praying for the sick. We want to be a part of what you're doing. We believe in that. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the time is coming where the dark is getting dark and, and God is separating the wheat from the tares. You have to now make up your mind what you believe. One of the best things you can do for your Christianity is decide what you believe. And say to yourself, uh, when you've made up your mind, this is who I am. I'm not just a Christian. I'm a Holy Ghost man or woman. I believe in healing. I believe in I'm not afraid, ashamed of it either. I believe in falling down and laughing. I believe in giving generously. I believe that you'll give and God will make you a millionaire. I'm one of those Christians that believes it's good to be a millionaire because the more money you have, the more money you can give. Hallelujah. The moment you settle, I don't care what other people think. This is what I believe. I'm, you can write it on my gravestone, believed in f the fire of the Holy Ghost, tongues, and all that good stuff. Hallelujah. I, this is who I am. Then that's where you take your stand. So for yourself, if for those, you say, I want to move ahead in the things of God. You have to start today. There is no tomorrow. The devil loves people to get, you know, it's like when you go to the checkout at, at your grocery store, and then they say, would you like to round up to the next dollar for, for this? And then what do you, you don't really want to say no. So what do you say? You say, not this time, not right now, not this time. Because you're not saying, no, I don't believe in that. You just say, oh, ne maybe next time. And you'll come through that line 40 times. And every time it's maybe next time, maybe next time. And if the enemy can do the same thing, you know, I know you're going to walk in health, but maybe next time you wake up and there's symptoms in your body. Well, I know you're going to be healed, but. Uh, uh, I know you're going to fight, but maybe next time, maybe next time you have to decide and say, no, this time, no faith is now. If it's not now, it's not faith. I'm mixing faith with the word. Now abundance is mine. Now joy is mine. Now I'm not letting the devil get away with this. Now I'm going to be a soul winner. Now I'm the head and not the tail. Now this word is mine. Now I'm not waiting another year to pass, to see something to, to delay. I refuse to be in the same place spiritually, November, 2023 than I am now. I'm seeing a change. I'm standing up now. I'm going to stand on the word and see it work for me. Now I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. If you believe it, give the Lord an amen tonight. And he says, they're sown on stony ground. They hear the word. They receive it with gladness. The way you go from someone that Satan can steal the word from your heart to someone that moves forward is the first step is to receive the word with gladness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's for me. What does your tongue have to do with it? Well, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit. Whether you like it or not, please hear me. Whether you like it or not, your life consists over what you've said and not said. The life you have now is a direct result of what you've said and what you've not said. How many of you enjoy peace with God? How many of you enjoy your relationship with God? I, I'm a child of God and I'm happy 
It's how many would say your relationship with Jesus is the best part about being alive? Well, well, that's that's why, why is that? It's because of what you said. Because there was a day where you said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. If you wouldn't have said that, you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't be where you are today. It's only because you've said it. How many of you are married? This is a, this is a, 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 this is a scary question to ask. How many of you are grateful? How many like being married to the person you're married to? I shouldn't ask that question in church. I mean, <laughs> what would have happened if you wouldn't have one day walked up to the men, one day walked up and said, will you marry me? That relationship started because of what you said. If she wouldn't have said, yes, I do. If you stood at the altar and said, do you take so-and-so to be your wife? And you just stood there quiet. What would happen? Nothing. You wouldn't be in this relationship now. Those relationships are started with your mouth. Your relationship to prosperity and abundance is started with your mouth. Your relationship to healing is started with your mouth. Your relationship to joy to actually, I'm not talking about you come to a meeting uh, and, that's, and that's the, you get 10 minutes of joy and then you go back to heaviness. I'm talking about where you have joy every day. I'm not talking about you go around and you're just walking around. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll lock you up if you do that long enough. I'm talking about there's joy in your heart and you're not down, you're up. Amen. I used to be down. I know what it's like to be down all the time. I'm not down all the time. I don't try to be up. I'm up. Amen. It's, it's the Lord by his anointing has switched it around. How did that happen? It happened because I formed that relationship with my mouth. I woke up and I still wake up and I say, hallelujah. First thing out my mouth, hallelujah, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, you know, sometimes I wait and I get my cup of coffee in me first and then I lift up my voice and I pray. Sometimes the coffee is a good motivator, it helps. But this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is greatly to be praised. Lord, I bless you. I thank you today. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Thank you, Lord. I go from glory to glory and strength to strength. Thank you, Lord. I'm rich and I'm getting richer. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. I'm full of the life of God. This is going to be the best month we've ever seen. Thank you, Lord. Money's coming my way. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I increase in every area. Thank you for the best healing school we've ever had. Thank you, Lord, for this week of meetings. Thank you that tonight's meeting is going to be the best meeting we've had so far. Thank you for your grace that rests upon my life. Thank you, Lord. My children serve you. My wife loves you. Thank you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. What am I doing? I'm creating, I'm forming my relationship with joy and life when I do that. And then there's some people, they wake up in the first thing. Ah, oh, it's Friday, it's Thursday. I thought it was Friday. Ah, oh, it's Monday. Ah. Ah, oh, I gotta go to work. Ah, oh, two long days. Oh, we got that, that, oh, we got that stupid school bringing all those bratty children in. Ah. Oh. I hate my job. My, my boss is a jerk. That's the first thing out your mind. Then you wonder why you, you hate life. And so if you'll start saying your body, if you'll start saying what the word says, your body follows your life. Your, excuse me, your mouth follows. Let me get my, gather my thoughts together. Your life follows your mouth. Your body follows your mouth. That's why he said, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Amen. When you open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going from glory to glory and strength to strength. Thank you, Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. 
And you start, Lord, thank you for my husband. Thank you for my wife. Thank you, Lord, my marriage is getting stronger and stronger. You know, you can speak life to your marriage or you can speak death to your marriage. You can wake up, I hate the way I look. I hate my nose. I hate my ears. I wish this was like this. Or you can wake up and say, thank you, Lord, I got a nose. Not everyone's got a nose. Thank you, Lord, I got one. Maybe big, but it's good. It means that I can support a good, strong pair of glasses right on the frame right here, right there. Some people's noses are so small, they can't wear glasses. They just don't fit. Lord, thank you that I got a nose. I can smell. You know, there's people who from COVID lost their sense of smell, and they don't taste anything. They come to our healing school. I haven't tasted anything in three years. And you didn't commit suicide yet? You are still alive? If I, if three years without tasting things, I would not be on the earth. Lord, you got to come take me. Enoch me, Lord. I'm, I'm out of here. Can't taste nothing. Not interested in hanging around anymore. You, 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 live in, you live in Florida, and, and you've got fried chicken, okra, and biscuits and gravy, and you can't taste anything? That's a miserable, that's a miserable existence. So some people, Lord, thank you, I got a nose. Lord, I may not like my hair, but thank you, Lord, I got hair. Not everybody has hair. My friend in the front row here. Not everybody has hair. There's always one. And, and the good news is, even if you don't have hair, thank you, Lord, they make nice wigs now. You know, there was a time, Lord, I hate my teeth. Well, you know, you can go and they'll put in nice teeth. They used to put in pe- chunks of wood. Like, it's 2022 now. Like, the, the, nice, the fake teeth are nice now. You have to put in chiclets and hope they stay. Like in, like in Home Alone. Why am I referencing Home Alone? That wasn't, no, that was a different one. That was something else. Different movie. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I hate my boss. I hate my job. Lord, thank you that I'm employed. Thank you, Lord, you're going to help me be a light there. Lord, that boss, I thank you that you're giving me favor with God and man. Lord, I thank you for my boss. Thank you that he, he, he trusted me enough to hire me. Lord, I, I may not agree with everything he does, but Lord, I thank you that he's kept me around. Lord, would you help me take his job? Don't tell him I said that. Thank you, Jesus, I'm taking his job. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes the Lord will bring people into your life just to take that out of you. You see someone who does something a certain way, treats people a certain way, and then you spend time around them, and it takes that tendency out of you. So sometimes that serves a purpose. But thank you, Lord, I'm employed. Thank you, Lord, I don't, you know, there's always something to be thankful for. And stay on, Lord, I used to do this in in door-to-door sales. There was a day, you know, we'd get back in the car, we'd go out, and it was a 100% commission job. So if you didn't sell, you didn't make any money. And so there were days to get back in the car, and they'd say, I'd say, how was your day? Oh, you know, it was so difficult. I didn't sell. And then they, you know, they heard me and I sounded up. And then they say, how, how, Ryan, how was your day? Oh, it was great. I didn't sell, but I didn't die. So that's good. And, uh, and I didn't get bitten by a dog. So that's good. I didn't, I'm not in jail. That's good. I'm, I don't live in Syria. So that's good. And uh, I had a good breakfast. So I'm happy. And I know what I did wrong so I can do better tomorrow. Oh, you're so positive. Yeah, yeah, I've, tr- I've tricked myself to be this way. There's always something to be thankful for. Amen. Oh, this snow, this weather. I can't believe we got a storm like this so early. Well, the good news is you don't live in Antarctica. It's going to go away eventually. And good, it's 2022. And it's not the year 1805 where you have to live in an igloo, right? You, it's warm. I mean, people are in T-shirts and shorts. So... You just get to sit and look out the window. So, yeah, I understand. You know, it's cold, but we're in here now. I'm so glad I'm not preaching outside. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad the Lord made me a a traveling minister in 2022 and not 
1714, riding on horseback to get to Dickinson. Amen. Amen. There's always a bright side. So you form your relationship. So when you hear the word and you say, Lord, I thank you, I'm taking this word and I'm, I'm hanging on to it. That's the word that will produce for you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You can speak life. You can speak death. You can speak abundance. You can speak lack. You, oh, we can't afford that. No, I thank you, Lord. We'll come back for that. I thank you, Lord. Lord, there'll come a day where I'll buy that for all the, all the children in my family. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing us into a place of blessing that we won't even know what to do with. Thank you, Lord. We're going from glory to glory and strength to strength. And you begin to open your mouth and speak. That's how you start the process of getting the word into your spirit. And the mo that's why the devil tries to shut people up. Because the moment you go silent, your progress stops. The moment you go silent. The moment a church goes silent to outside, its progress stops. The moment a church goes silent and stops winning souls, its progress as a church stops. Because it was never meant to be a social club where people just came. You know, oh, we're going to celebrate the Lord. But then we're, we're going to go and, do, and not do the one thing Jesus told us to do as he left. Hey, go into all the world. The moment you go silent out there, your progress stops. The moment you wake up and stop speaking health, your progress stops. The moment you wake up and stop speaking life, your progress stops. Your, the, the life of your body is in the power of your tongue. The death of the disease that's come against you is in the power of the tongue. I curse this foul thing in my body. I curse this foul blood disease in my body. I thank you, Lord, my blood is clean. Thank you, Jesus, I'm healed and whole from the top of my head. What am I doing? Just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that receive it with gladness. You know, it looks like something. You know, you, as a preacher, I could tell someone's receiving with gladness and someone's not. How can I tell? By, what, by what's coming out of their mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's for me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm stirring my faith up. The Bible says stir up the gift that's in you. It may not be stirred up now, but you can stir it up. How do you stir it up? Thank you, Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Maybe just take my confession. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. I'm rich and I'm getting richer. It feels good to say it. Trust me. You let that come out of your mouth at full speed. Don't. I'm strong and getting stronger. I'm rich and getting richer. It's a, people will be like, no, you're not. You don't even sound like you mean it. No, like actually be loud to people. Hallelujah, I'm strong and getting stronger. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I refuse to stay where I'm at. Lord, thank you for everything you've done, but thank you that you're not done yet. Thank you I'm going from glory to glory and strength to strength. Thank you, Lord, this is going to be the best year. Thank you, Lord, I serve you with my whole heart. Thank you, Lord, sin doesn't have a grip on me. I'm not in love with the world. I'm in love with you, Jesus. Jesus, I want to tell you I love you today. Jesus, I honor you today. I serve you with my whole heart. I won't be duped by the devil to go back to the world and to sin. I won't be duped to live a life half into the kingdom of God. I'm an all-in person. My heart's burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't feel that way. Well, stir it up. It's in there, baby. Hey, hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. You're everything to me. Lord, I 
thank you, you're using me for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, my hands are your hands, my feet are your feet, my mouth is your mouth. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say where you want me to, I'll say what you want me to say. I thank you, Lord, I'm a light to my generation. I'm a light to my family. I'm a light to my city. I'm a light to my neighborhood. Thank you, Lord, Dickinson shall be saved in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift the voice and give the Lord an amen? For Dickinson being saved in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says in Job 8, 7, though your beginning was small, your latter end shall greatly increase. It's not for a certain few. I start, I, you know, in, in where we'll be, we're still small. But if you look, God says he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So, so don't let the devil try to cancel you out. Not going to work for you. No, well, though my beginning was small, my latter end shall greatly increase. Lord, it's not about who I am, but Lord, that you will shine through me. Lord, you love to take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Lord, if you're going to do that with anybody, do that with me. Lord, I thank you that you're turning the situation around. You're turning my health around. You're turning my marriage around. You're turning my financial situation around. Though my beginning was small, my letter end shall greatly increase. You know, and then you can dream. You can open your mouth and begin to speak what you see. And, and just dared, Lord, I see myself giving $10,000 checks into the offering. Lord, why don't you start planning like that? I see myself giving $10,000 checks into the offering. Lord, I see myself writing out a check, River Dickinson, $10,000. I'm going to write it in cursive just because it's such a big amount. Hallelujah. I'll learn cursive just to write it in cursive. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I see myself paying mortgage payments for my family. Lord, I'd like to take my parents on vacation. Lord, I see myself blessing my mom with $1,000 just to go shopping. Why? Just because she never had it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I see myself blessing my kids the best Christmas they ever had. Thank you, Lord. Too many toys to count. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I see myself walking into a brand new home, paid in full, unlocking the door, and the key's mine. I'm not renting either. Thank you, Lord. I don't care if land is expensive in Dickinson. Lord, you called me here. It doesn't matter if it was Long Beach, California. Lord, you put me here. You'll pay for me to be here. Thank you, Lord. You know how much everything costs. You're not, you're not, you're not dismayed by property prices. Lord, you, you, you'll find a grumpy old man and you'll bring in my past just to bless me with the house. You'll work a miracle for me. Lord, when everyone else is paying a million, I'll pay 250,000. Lord, I, it doesn't matter how it happens. Lord, I'll win it on a radio call. I'll call in the radio at the right time and win the grand prize. It doesn't matter. But Lord, I see myself coming into abundance. You begin to open your mouth and speak. You begin to open your mouth and speak what you see. The death and life are in the power of the tongue. You speak where you're going. Your, your life follows your tongue. A, a quiet tongue is not taking territory for the kingdom of God. If I got up here and there was a room full of sinners and I just stood quiet, there would be no converts. But it's when you open your mouth. I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He's the only one who died for your sins. When you were born, you were born under sin. Your great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, messed it all up for you back in the garden. And sin entered in. And from that day, you've been, you've been away from God. But Jesus came. That's when you see it happen. It's when you open your mouth. So how do you get it where the devil can't steal it from you? Is when you grab it and you say, thank you, Lord, it's mine. 
Thank you, Lord, debt-free is mine. Thank you, Lord, joy is mine. Thank you, Lord, overcoming is mine. Thank you, Lord, a good marriage is mine. Hallelujah, that's mine. Praise you, Jesus, that's mine. Thank you, Lord, it's mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then he says, they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. You see immediately three times in a row. Immediately they're offended. So what is he saying? He's saying that there comes a time, two things. Affliction and persecution. Persecution is where other people, and that's what I want to prepare you for. Other people will stand up against what you're saying. You hear, oh, that preacher, that preacher said he's, he's rich. That preacher said he's rich and getting richer. That's a very carnal thing, don't you think? It's not about money. It's about Jesus. Yeah, but I want to see souls saved, so it's about money. I want to see souls saved, so it's about money. I want to see Dickinson shaken by the power of God, so it's about money. You put a million dollars in the lap of this church tonight, and they get more done. And they get it done faster. And they reach more people quicker. Amen. Amen. So no, it's not about ending your life and and having a hundred million dollars in the bank. It's about using what God has put in front of you and it takes resources to do that. Amen. Amen. And so persecution arises. Oh, you believe in healing. Well, Well, God gave us doctors too. That's fine. Doctors do a great job. All I know is healing's the children's bread. So I like God's way because I'd rather not go get the surgery and have to do six weeks of recovery and have a big bill and have a big scar. I'd like to just get healed. Like our friend came with the torn rotator cuff, six years, torn rotator cuff, still bugged him, still in pain, couldn't bend his arm. He didn't go get it. I don't know. I didn't ask him if he'd had surgeries before. Maybe he had, maybe he hadn't. But in one touch from Jesus and his arm now bends and the excruciating pain is gone. That's a more excellent way. Here, doctors go and train eight years so that they can go in with a knife and scalpel, cut something so maybe it would work. But then we all know somebody who's been in for nine knee surgeries and it hasn't worked. And Jesus comes and through the hands of somebody who shouts in the microphone a lot, just comes and takes some oil, rubs it on their head, puts their hands on their arm. And that's the foolish things in the world. I didn't study eight years and learn how to take a knife and scalpel. I came along and said, in the name of Jesus, and the arm was healed. That's the foolish things of the world. Outdo a doctor in 30 seconds what he studied eight years to do. Puts him to shame. What happened to you? I went down to that revival. I went down to that revival, and that preacher from Florida yelled at me, and then he rubbed oil into my head, and my arm's better now. You said, what? <laughs> that's the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's a, that's a more excellent way. That's God's way of doing it. Oh, you know, I'd dealt with childhood trauma. I'd gone to psychiatrists. I'd gone, I'd gone, I'd been on medication. And in one moment I got prayed for and I felt like it broke off me and I feel like I'm alive again. That's the foolishness of the things. That's the foolish things of the world. That's, that's God saying, uh, you, you, you could bring Dr. Phil in and he couldn't do it with all his training. And I'm going to take the power of the Holy Ghost and I'll do it in one second. That's God's way of doing things. That's God's way of doing things. That's a more excellent way. And then people come, oh, you believe in that. Yeah, I believe in all of it. The sooner you can make up your mind, this is what I believe, and I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm not trying to hide the fact that I go to the... I know there's people that don't like the River Dickinson. But when it's all said and done, hear me, church, when it's all said and done and we stand before the king, 
The people that won souls, that stood up for the gospel, are the ones that are going to receive reward. He isn't going to line up and say, you Pentecostals did great, you Baptists didn't do well, you, you Methodists didn't do well. He's, he's not going to judge it by, by your associations. He's going to judge it by how you followed the Bible. And when someone stands up for the Bible, I'm standing up for tongues. I'm standing up for healing. I'm standing up for the power of God. I'm standing up for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the people that have received the reward. And they're not going to catch the rebukes like the churches in Revelation. You don't want to be one of those churches that catches the rebuke. So there may be people who say, we don't like what they stand for. But that, that's, between them and, that's between them and God. And that's between you and God. But when you stand up and say, I don't care what any family member says to me. I'm not backing off. I've seen it in the word and I believe it. Bless God. I'm not backing off the rambambara shambra de lebo. And I'm not backing off the ha 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 he ho ha ha. And I'm not backing off the healing. And I'm not backing off the soul winning. And I'm not backing off any of it because I see it in the word. And there's coming a day I'm going to stand before God. And the only thing I'm concerned with is him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. If, you, if that's you and that's all you're concerned with, why don't you lift your voice and thank God that you're in His will tonight. Go ahead and bless Him tonight. Hallelujah. Persecution will arise on behalf of the Word. You have to be prepared. He said, he said they will hate you for my sake. You have to be prepared. Persecution will arise. And usually, and according to the Word of God, usually it's from religious people. Oh, you believe in joy. Yeah, I believe in joy. Because if I had to choose, looking at my two-year-old son, if I could choose to give him joy or depression, as a father, I would want him to have joy. Right. You believe in prosperity? Yes, because if I could choose that he would be homeless or a millionaire, I would choose millionaire. That's right. If he was going to be saved either way, I'd want him to be millionaire saved, not homeless saved. Yeah. You believe in that? Yes. You believe in prosperity? Yes. When a persecution arises... On behalf of the word. And immediately they're offended. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe people call. We see this in healing school all the time. People come to healing school. And many of them don't know the River Church. They were invited by somebody or they read about online. They come. Different denominations, different backgrounds. People come. And then they hear the preaching. And the word comes alive in their heart. And then they get excited. And then you see them and they're like so full of life. And hallelujah. And they're responding. And the next day they come out and they look like this. And then I look at them and I say, sir, who did you talk to yesterday? <laughs> well, you know, I called, I called, I called my pastor. I called my mom. I called my cousin. I called so-and-so and they said, you know, you should use wisdom. You know, God gave us doctors too. Oh, is that the church that has the joy? Oh, you should be careful. What's that? Persecution on behalf of the word. There has to be something on the inside that you say, bless God, it doesn't matter what anyone says to me. It doesn't matter what the persecution is. I'm standing up for the full counsel of the word. I'm not seeing these things. You know, I want to tell you, religion doesn't get people saved. Religion turns people away. Billboards down the street saying, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus return? Don't get people saved. Uh, uh, return or burn, repent or die. Those don't get people saved. Billboards on the side of the street with Jesus, with the heart, and those don't get people saved. The gospel, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ gets people saved. Religion doesn't get people saved. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with 
power from on high. Don't even go tell anybody about me until you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire so that you can have power to back up what I've told you about. That's why the anointing is so important. And that's why these nights aren't wasted. Because as you open your heart and let the anointing come on the inside of you. I know most of you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. But as you let the anointing of the Holy Ghost come on the inside of you and stir up that fan into flame, what God has put on the inside of you, it's not wasted because it's you getting refired for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's on fire people that get people saved. It's not religion and tradition. Sonny, have you ever considered that you're probably going to hell? People don't respond. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's when you can tell this person's not, this person loves me. When a sinner can look in your eyes and, and see, you're not doing this for gain. There's no gain to you. I can see in your eyes. This is, this is coming from your heart, a sincere heart of love. And that's what the anointing does. Don't go anywhere. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The anointing of the Holy Ghost will set you apart. The anointing of the Holy Ghost attracts sinners. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is attractive. The power of God is attractive. All I've known is religion and tradition. All I've known is, is, is religion wants to beat me up. God's mad at me. People are upset that I haven't been at church. They haven't known the love that God has for them. The burning love that God has for them. When people get one taste of the power of God, when they hear your voice and there's an anointing attached to it, that when you share the gospel, it's not just empty words. It's God's done something on the inside of you. There's weight to your words. And you say, hey, I want to tell you God loves you. There's, it carries weight. It hits their heart. It's not a, it's not a clanging symbol like religion. It hits their heart. I, when you said that, I felt it on the inside of me. And that's why the anointing matters. And that's why the place has to be given for the anointing. And that's why the River Church, even at 50 people right now, will see more accomplished than other churches at three, 400. Why? Because 50 people full of the fire of the Holy Ghost can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost that's going to get Dickinson saved. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that's going to turn Dickinson around. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that's going to burn prostitution out of Dickinson. Burn drug trafficking out of Dickinson. Close down the, the whatever it is, strip clubs, fortune telling, whatever, uh, abortion clinics, whatever it is, going to shut them down. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost that's attractive. The reason young people are injecting themselves and going out and sleeping around is because there's something that's missing. And what's missing is the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you open your heart and say, God, come and infuse me with your anointing once again. Lord, rebaptize me in the Holy Ghost. Lord, shake me once again by your power. Lord, I don't want to leave here the same way I came. I want to burn with your word. I want to burn with your fire. Reignite souls in my heart. Lord, I want, I, I, I want to love. I want to have a compassion like Jesus had. I want to go out of my way for people. I want to be driving and pull over my car just to share the gospel of people. I don't want to be afraid of people's faces. Lord, put a boldness on the inside of me. It's only the anointing that will put a boldness on the inside of you where, where you don't care about your reputation. You don't care about sharing God at work. I don't care. I'm not here for this earth. I'm not here for, to, to try to sustain my job. My number one focus is to build the kingdom of God. I'm going to, Lord, put a boldness so I never back down from sharing your word. That's what happened to Peter when he stood up. He, he denied Jesus and he denied Jesus to a little girl 
A little maiden girl. Hey, you're one of them. No, I wasn't. And he cusses. No, I wasn't. And he's the same one. Once he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, stands up on the day that 3,000 are added. Hey, these men are not drunk as you suppose. The, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. What's the difference? The difference was the power of the Holy Ghost. The difference was the anointing. And that anointing is running through this place right now. You know, th- this, this preaching will put that anointing right in your spirit. If you'll open your heart, the Lord will begin to fill you right now with a fresh fire to win Dickinson. With a burn out the fear of man. Burn out what people think. Burn out timidity. Burn it out of you and put a love like Jesus had for your, for your city and your state. Put a love for your family. Put a love to see your nation shaken by the power of God. America's not going to hell. I see America saved and shaken. One more great awakening coming through before Jesus comes back. I see young people not drifting away. I see see college campuses shaken. I see revival on the college campuses. I see those football fields, those baseball grounds that 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 they built to have sports played in being used for gospel meetings. I see young evangelists rising up all over this nation to preach the gospel in whole colleges, 60,000 students at a time, not gathering to wave the flag for their football team, but gathering under the banner of the name of Jesus Christ to get their hearts and lives right with the Lord. Hallelujah. I see revival shaking this land all the way from the top, all the way from North Dakota, down to Texas and the panhandle of, down to Texas and the the keys of Florida. I see the power of the Holy Ghost. If you'll open your heart, you got to say, Lord, let it begin with me. Come and burn on the inside of me. Lord, let your fire burn on the inside of me. Lord, burn out all, all laziness. Burn out all complacency. Burn out all, Lord, whatever. Burn, burn a fire in me to see my city shaken by the power of God. I'm telling you, with the people we have in this room, we could see Dickinson shaken in no time. We could, 25, 30 people full of the fire for souls, ready to walk out and wherever they go, tell people about Jesus. This place will be shaken. This church will be full. The church will be in revival. People, Dickinson will become, people will feel like it's Tulsa, Oklahoma. People feel like it's Jerusalem. Man, you go down to Dickinson and everyone's saved. Hallelujah. I believe that God's marked this place. That's why he sent you these pastors. He didn't, you know, I, I don't say this to boast, but, but Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, I believe, is one of the greatest men of God on the earth alive today. Like people look and see Kenneth Hagin and they, they treat it, you know, he's dead now. But it's almost like people wait till someone dies, till they put them in the hall of fame. Pastor Rodney tells a story about being at ORU, preaching at Oral Roberts University, and Kenneth Hagin came and they sat him on the second row. And I know you may think, well, what's the big deal? When, but when you have one of the greatest men of God on the planet of the earth, people just don't understand what they have. And then God raises people up. And, and, you, and you have one of the first river churches that came out of the river at Tampa. And it's planted in Dickinson, North Dakota. And God calls you to be here. First of all, you have to understand that God brought, planted uh, revivalists in your midst. God planted people who carry the power of God. And God says, I want my power in Dickinson. I I need a hub of my power in Dickinson. 
And then the fact that God called you here. I'm not, I don't know the other churches in this area, but God brought you to this church and said, I want you to hook up with this vision. It's not about everyone living their own life. It's about you hooking up with the vision of the body of Christ and with your local church body. And as long as it's a biblical vision, it's not we're going to go do car washes and, and, and pay for our youth to go to Mexico and build a couple houses. That's not the gospel mission. The gospel mission is souls, revival, blind eyes seeing, deaf ears hearing, depressed people getting set free, joy in, in, in the place of depression, demons cast out, children healed, cancer dissipated. That's the gospel plan. That's what we see in the book of Acts. That's what we see in Jesus' life. And that's the roots here in Dickinson. God believed in, God believed in you and said, I need a place in Dickinson. And God didn't, and, and, and believed in you to put you here. And I, I'm not trying to puff anybody up. I'm just saying there's revival in this couple. They carry the power of the Holy Amen. Ghost. And that's what it takes to shake Dickinson. God looked and in his planning when he was mapping things out and he was planning for North Dakota, gave Pastor Will and LaShawn Bedsall as a gift to North Dakota. Amen. And he gave them as a gift to you. They are a gift to you so you can fulfill the call God has for your life. You don't look at this through the eyes of what church should I be a part of? What church should I visit today? I think I'll go visit that church. I think I'll go visit that church. That's not how this game works. You're, you, it's dedication to the kingdom of God. It's, dead, it's you plugging in and saying, my whole life, you have me as a part I'm plugged in. I'm all in. You'll see my face every Sunday. You'll see my tithe in the bucket. You'll see my offerings in the bucket. I'm praying for you every day. I'm out there winning souls. I'm, I'm inviting people. I'm bringing people. I'm an extension of this. So it's not their church and they're trying to hang on to people. It's that we're teaming together to see Dickinson shaken. You have to see that seeing Dickinson shaken is your life purpose. And you may say, I work 70 hours a week. Well, great. Then work 70 hours a week and figure out a way that you can give more than you've ever given before. Lord, I'm working 70 hours a week. Can you help me that I double my income this year so I can give? Lord, can you help me that I can, that I can accelerate so I can give more so we can see this place shaken and, and do what God's called us to do? You know, th th that God actually makes people responsible for a city and for a region. I don't know who else he planted here. I don't know who else carries revival in Dickinson. I don't know where, who else is winning souls in Dickinson. I don't know where other church is telling their people, go win souls and giving you a script to do it. I don't know what other church is having revival meetings in November. I don't know what other church is having meetings where we pray for the sick. I don't know, but I know of one. And when you come alive and say, Lord, I'm taking my responsibility here. You called me here. I'm stepping up to the plate. And I'm going to be a part of this. That's what God looks at. And that's your calling for now. That's you in the book of Acts. That's what that is. That's you in the book of Acts. And when you do that and you take the anointing, it, I want to tell you, it's not a sentence. It's the most joyful thing you can imagine. Because it's what God, it's it, when you see the ripple effects, you may not see it now. But when you fast forward five years, ten years, when all hands and all hands have been on deck 
and you're building and you're building and it may seem slow and you're building and you're building and then all of a sudden you start to see people coming in and you see young people coming in and you and then you see this place packed and then and then you see it that it turns and now people are driving from Bismarck to come be a part of the River Church Dickinson and people are coming from all over North Dakota and Montana because there's a place that they can get a touch from God people are coming to the coming people are coming to the healing school at uh, at the River Church Dickinson people are coming to revival nights at River Church Dickinson. Young people are driving from 90 miles away to come and be a part of it. When, when you see the ripple effects and as a body you're moving forward and you see the ripple effects of that. You know, in the early church, I wasn't planning to talk on this, but in the early church, the, the 3,000 were added, 5,000 were added, and it says, and they went and broke bread house to house. People immediately got involved. You know, they said that people sold their lands and came and presented. That's, that was a for the, at that time. That's not a Bible doctrine. Hey, by the way, you have to sell your land and bring it, bring it here. That was for that time. Yeah. The Holy Ghost knew that persecution was coming and that they were going to have their land stripped from them anyway. Did you know that? That later on they actually had their land stripped from them? So the Holy Ghost preempted that and basically just put it on everyone's heart to start selling all their land. So they didn't have it stripped. They actually could have the money that they... I mean, imagine that. Yeah. Government's coming to take your land and then you sell it just before they get there because the Holy Ghost is like, hey, go ahead and sell it. We had a person in the church who was connected with the church. They had a travel agency and things were going well. Business was booming. And then the Lord all of a sudden says, sell the business. And they obeyed and they sold the business. And you know when they sold it? It was like November of 2019. And then March 2020 comes and, and the, people had, the people actually had put in a bid, signed a contract for like, it was like, four or five million dollars for this business and then March came around they tried to cancel and they couldn't because they had a signed contract so they had to pay for it and I don't know if the business went under but all of a sudden it devalued overnight because because a travel agency in March 2020 right, you understood what happened that the Holy Ghost preempted that but everyone was there and, and bought in and that's what it takes and so as a believer until you hook up with the heavenly vision in your life it's 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 always going to be like, what am I missing? It's because there's, God gave us a purpose on this earth. So it's like God saying, okay, you're, you're supposed to do this. Like if God called me to the ministry and then here I am and I'm in sales, like I was in sales and I told you making good money. If the Lord had said, okay, now time to step out. Here's an open door. And I said, Lord, it just got good. I just got into management. You know, if I can work this for another three years, I can save really well. I could put a million dollars into the bank. And Lord, that would, that would set me up. I could be smart with investments. I would, I would have no purpose. My purpose is over here preaching the gospel. And I'm over here just, well, this looks like what I should be doing. You follow your purpose. And so you may feel like, People get so indoctrinated by the American life of just family, day-to-day -day stuff, work. And I know life's busy, but you, you see things through the lens of eternity. The only thing that matters, I'm going to stand before God one day. The only thing. I'm going to stand before God one day, and I need to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to have to have some explaining to do. I don't want to stand in front of Jesus and have to say, Lord... Before you say anything, can I say something? That's not what I want. So I'm mapping my life out now so that when I stand before him, he says, you, I had a soul winner's crown for you. Did you get it? Yes, sir. I told you to cast out devils. Did you do that? Yes, sir. I told you to heal the sick. Did you do that? 
Yes, sir. I told you to raise the dead. Did you do that? Now, I haven't raised any dead yet, but, but no, one, no one showed up dead yet either. So, um, um, but I'm believing the Lord. <laughs> yes, sir. Did you, did you give? Yes, sir. Were you plugged in? Yes, sir. Did you affect your city? Yes, sir. Well done. Good and faithful servant. And that's what I'm organizing my life by. And I believe that's what God, and that's what revival comes to do, is to stir up the purpose of God in your life. Because if we come and have a touch from God and get in his presence, and then there's nothing for us to do with that anointing, then it was just, well, that was awesome, and that he was preaching, and we were there, and we attended, and it was awesome, and it felt really good. But the, the anointing comes for a purpose. The anointing comes for a purpose. And that purpose is impacting your region, your land, where you are now. Lord, we may be small in number right now compared with other churches, but we're not, we're not, we're not playing game. We're not, we're not comparing with other churches. Lord, thank you for what we have. Thank you for this group here. You're here on a Thursday night. Many of you, this is your multiple night a week. You obviously aren't offended. But Lord, would you, fill me with the, would you fill me with the boldness like I've never known before so we can actually begin to take territory in Dickinson? Lord, you've set us up with this awesome property. Lord, we can fit 250, 300 people without moving any walls in here. Lord, let's do it. Lord, let's see people brought in. Let's see young people brought in. Let's see the captives set free. Let's see revival on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Let's have to go to Sunday night as well. Lord, let's see, let's see my family shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we only got one shot at this. Let's see it. Let it, let it go around the world that revival came to Dickinson and revival burned in Dickinson until the, all the demons of hell couldn't stand it anymore. And everything demonic was shut down by the power. And even all the people elected were, were godly people. Where people in governments were godly. Where people in schools were godly. Where, where, wicked, where wicked curriculums were driven out of town. Lord, where you raised up people and people looked at Dickinson like it was New Jerusalem or something. Lord, let it begin here. Lord, use me for that purpose. Lord, come and burn in me so you can use me for your purpose. I can't sit by and just watch this place. Oh, I just wish more people knew about it. Lord, would you use me for it? Would you set my heart ablaze for it? Lord, would you light a fire in me? Lord, I'll be your hands. I'll be your feet. I'll go where you want me to go. Lord, burn the fear of man out of me. Lord, burn a boldness into me for souls. Lord, burn in me once again like you did before. Give me a boldness like I've never known. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that my whole family will be saved. Lord, that my, my lost loved ones will come back to you. Lord, would you burn in me one more time? Lord, as Samson, as Samson prayed, when he stood between that collar, that column with eyes gouged out of his head, and he said, just put my hands on those pillars one more time so I can work for the works of God. Lord, we don't have much time left. I know time is short. I know you're coming back soon, but would you burn in me one more time? Would you put my hand on those pillars one more time? Would your fire come in my spirit one more time so I can work the 
works of God again. Lord, so Dickinson can be saved. Lord, so people backslidden can come back to you. So we can see revival, a true revival, where people don't care about football, where people aren't moved by what they're doing on the weekends, but people are moved by the power of the Holy Ghost, where people come from miles to receive a touch from God, where the presence of God matters to people, where being generous to the kingdom of God matters to people, where seeing souls saved matters to people once again. Lord, let that fire burn in me. Lord, let it burn in me tonight in the name of Jesus. I I, I want every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. I want to give a call tonight. I believe tonight's a consecration. Tonight's a night of consecration because there has to come a point where you say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, it says, it says to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But I heard a preacher say what happens with a living sacrifice is it tends to crawl off the altar. You have to choose to say, Lord, my life is not my own. Lord, I'm not here for my purpose. To be a Christian means to be a little Christ. Lord, I'm not here for my purposes. I'm not aiming at retirement. I'm not aiming to eke out and have enough money. And that's not my focus. My focus is to see the King of God established in Dickinson and on the earth today. And so tonight's a night of consecration where you say, Lord, I'm all in. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people have said. I don't care what my family has said. Lord, I've made up my mind once and for all who I am. Lord, I don't know how many years we have left. I don't know when you return, but I want to find that when you return, that I'm busy doing what you gave me to do. Not sitting by and waiting for someone else to lead the charge. Lord, let us lead the charge. Let the River Dickinson lead the charge. Lord, let other churches catch up to our fire. Let them catch fire as well and run with us. Let us join hands if we can. But Lord, let it start in me. Let that fire start in me. Lord, I'm taking myself and I'm placing my life back on the altar. My life is dedicated to you. My talents and my abilities are dedicated to you. Lord, my, my, my spirit man's dedicated. My finances are dedicated. My marriage is dedicated to you, Lord. Everything I have, the, the energy that I have is dedicated to you, Lord. I belong to you. That's what this call is for. So I want to give a call it, 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 that, if, that if you need to say, if, if you say, I, I've, I, my life, I've given my life to God, but I need to re-consecrate. I need to take a step and say, Lord, I'm all in again. I'm all in again. I've, I've let myself get away from some of these things. I, I, I don't win souls like I should. I'm not, I, I don't think about the lost. I don't go out of my way for lost people. I'm not, I'm not heaven, eternally minded. I'm earthly minded. Lord, I want to be eternally minded. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the fire of God to burn in me again. I've made life about something else than about your kingdom. And it takes humility to do that. Or maybe you're in this place and you're just not right with God even. You say, I- I've got sin in my life. I'm-, I'm not serving God like I should. And I want to dedicate my life to God. I want to approach God and say, God, I belong to you. I give you my life. Then this calls for you and I want to pray with you and for you. Tonight's a night of consecration. If that's you. And, you, and, and you're in one of those two categories. Your life's not right with God or you need to consecrate your life to God afresh tonight. Then I'm going to ask you quickly to come and stand and join me at the altar and we're going to pray. Quickly, come stand with me. Join me at the altar. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
You know, the Lord takes vows like these seriously. He takes vows seriously. It's not about having a call at the end of a service. It's about a consecration to say, Lord, my life is not my own. Lord, I give you my life wholeheartedly. Lord, I don't belong to me. I belong to you. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't have rights over my own body. It's not my body, my choice. It's, it's God's body. Lord, you tell me where to go. Lord, my marriage is not my own. My marriage is dedicated to you. Lord, my choices are dedicated to you. Some of you, the Lord will begin to speak to you specifically about changes to make. Maybe even if it's just, even things like time in the word, winning souls. I believe for this many people that, that the Lord's putting on your heart to become a soul winner again. And you've let that, those things, you've, you've let those things fade. That's the, you know, winning souls is the only way to stay on fire for God. You can't stay on fire for God and not win souls. It's not possible. Because that means there's no outlet to other people. If there's anybody else that needs to be up here, come quickly, join us, and we'll pray. If there's anybody else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord takes this, thing, this vow seriously. The Lord sees all of you have answered this call. And the Lord's going to put a fresh fire on the inside of your spirit tonight. Hallelujah. I believe he's even begun to do it now. I want you to pray this prayer with me tonight. Pray it out loud. I want you to say, Jesus, I give you my life. You are my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sin. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Jesus. Lord, I consecrate my life to you. I am yours. My spirit is yours. My mind is yours. My body is yours. And my time is yours. Put a fire on the inside of me. To serve you. Use me, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll say what you want me to say. Not my will, but yours be done. I'm not backing down. I'm serving you wholeheartedly for the rest of my days. I'll make the changes you want me to make. My life is not my own. I belong to you in Jesus' name. Now I want you to lift your voice and thank him that he heard your prayer. Begin to talk to the Lord. Begin, begin to talk to the Lord. And if there's changes that, if there's changes that he's t talking to you about, begin to talk to him and tell him what you're going to do differently. There's, there's things. If he's speaking to you about winning souls, if they're speaking to you about time in the word, if he's speaking, whatever it is, wh whatever area he's poked on, begin to talk to him. Lord, this is what I'm going to do different. And the Lord will give you the grace to do it. There, there might be, you know, uh, sometimes the first few days, the enemy will f push back in that area. But you, you stand your ground and you'll watch. There'll be a grace that'll come on you to do it. The fire of God's falling on people right now. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. The fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Lord, go where the knife of man cannot go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. It's broken now in Jesus' name. Take a step forward, sister. The fire. Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Never the same, never the same, sister. The f- Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, burn out everything that's out of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for purifying. You know, the fire purifies. The fire purifies. The fire goes to pull out things that, that, that have, have come in through, through the, permissions that, the permission slips that you've signed, things that you've done. The fire comes to burn it out. You know, the fire of God will purify you to make your motives pure again. They'll change your taste buds. Things that you used to want to do, you won't want to do anymore. The fire purifies. And I believe that's what the Lord's doing in people. He's purifying. He's burning out the things of the world. Burning out the things of the past. Burning out ungodly desires. Purifying by His fire. The fire... Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you for your anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this fire. Thank you, Lord, for this fire that burns and will never run out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that it will be like the fire on the altar that was burning around the clock. Thank you, Lord, you give people in this room an insatiable hunger for the things of God and to see people touched by the power of God. Lord, let people become one-track-minded, that all they think about is seeing, seeing, seeing people shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that when they're working, they think about souls. Lord, that when they're eating, they think about souls. Lord, that they dream about souls when they're sleeping. Lord, that you give them an insatiable hunger for the things of God. Um, Lord, that that you uh, implant eternity in their heart. Lord, I don't know how much time we have left, but I know time is short and you're coming back soon. Lord, let us see things through the lens of eternity. In the name of Jesus, implant eternity on the inside of your people in Jesus' name. From the smallest to the greatest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers here. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. 
in Jesus' name. The life of God in the name of Jesus. Rambo Boroso Gareba Bareba. Ramba Bareba. Brondo Regareba Ba. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire, the fire, the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Rango Resham Reseba. Ramba Bareba Rede. Remba Bareba Shumro. Brondo Rogoro Shobra de Lebrede. Brondo Lomba Ranga Remba Barre Shebrede. Dembranda Rabrasha Brade Lebre de Lebre Shebre. Lord, I thank you for my African family here. Lord, I thank you for reigniting the zeal that only the Africans have. Lord, that your people here wouldn't let the weather change the way they respond. But thank you for the zeal of the African people. Lord, being ignited to be radical. Oh, radical soul winners. Radical praisers. Oh, let them, if no one else will advance, let them advance. If no one else will take the companies, let them take the companies. Lord, if no one else will get aggressive in faith and aggressive in prayer, Lord, let them play. Lord, if no one else will do it, Lord, let the Africans run Dickinson in the name of Jesus. Lord, let, Lord, let them understand that that's what, we, that's what the white people expect of them anyway. Radical zeal in Jesus' name. Ebranda gare barasha. Renga rambarasha brege lebra shogoro. Ragare barasha grabaresha brababa. Brando rogarasha bregare babaraba. People bound by nobody, oppressed by nobody, overcomers in the name of Jesus. Every shackle that's been trying to attach itself to them through the family line, through generational curses, is broken in the name of Jesus. Broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost that burns in the African people this night. Thank you for the, the zeal of the Holy Ghost that burns in African people in this night. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Lord, no shackle of depression will attach themselves to them. Thank you, Lord, that they'll overcome in every area and there'll be a light in Jesus' name. Lord, you burn a light in them in Jesus' name. You burn a fire in them in Jesus' name. You burn a fire in them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you, Lord, you called them to this region to shake this region. You called them to this region to be a part of what you're doing in this region. Thank you, Lord, you bring them and use them for your glory in Jesus' name. Orangara de shebre, brangare babaresha. Lord, you brought them to a church. You brought them to this church for a reason. I want all the Africans to come line up. Lift your hands. From every shackle of the past, 
Every tie, every tie of addiction, every chain that's come from the family line, every chain that's come from witchcraft in the family line, every blood packed in the name of Jesus from tonight, it's burned out in Jesus' name. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you as they serve you here, you touch your family there. And thank you for the fire that burns in them from this night. Thank you for the fire, the fire that burns in them from this night. Thank you for the fire that burns in them from tonight. Thank you for the fire that burns in them from tonight. In Jesus' name. Oh, in the name of Jesus, every foul attack against this mind, against this blood, in Jesus' name, loose in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Ramba shebaragara, brada desho brasa babare shabre delebre shebre, regara bare ba shabre delebre shebre. Lord, as it was said, Lord, as it was said of Caleb, Lord, that as the, Israel, as the Israelites were kept out of the promised land, but Lord, you said of Caleb, except for him, he will lead my people in. For with him is another spirit. Lord, so it would be for these and for these here at this church, that it, it is them that, is with them another spirit that says, let us go up at once and take the land that's been promised us. Lord, thank you for marking this church, this group in this church, that they are like Caleb, that with them is another spirit to be able to be used by God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus Lord, we glorify. Lord, we magnify you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Rambo borosho gareba raseba. Reba baresha borogo rodo do rababa reba bareshe. Rago rosso de lebre de lebra shodo dolo bara lamba re baba brango rosso bra de lebre de lebre andare baba re barasha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you th- lift your voice and thank him for his power? Would you lift your voice and thank him for his fire burning you from this night? Oregara basho bro dodo. Rambo Boroso Gareba Baraba. Rangaraba Rebaba. Can you sing Great is Your Faithfulness? Can you sing that? Hallelujah. 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 Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercy I see, all I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness. 
great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have needed thy hand has provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me hallelujah 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 Amboroso gorade ragoroso doro gorodaraba brebra de lebre de lebraba rangoroso baraba bare baba brangoroso brade lebre shebrebe ragare babare sebrebe the enemy comes any way he can to get the fire that burn to burn low comes through sin comes through persecution the opinions of others. Why are you so radical? How long do you think you can keep that up? I can keep it up till Jesus comes back. That's how long I can keep it up. Why are you so radical? Because that's what's in the Bible. Jesus said to be radical. Why do you go every night? Oh, because I'm all the way in. What else am I going to do? I'll, I'll sleep. I'll sleep. I'll eat. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm going to sit under the word. I'm going to get filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm, 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 why, why are you always talking about Jesus? Because he's everything. Because if you don't have him, you lost. Because you could can, you can end up rich and, and healthy and live a long life. And, and, and without Jesus, you lost. He's the only thing that matters. Why do you give so much? I give so much because I'm radical and I love Jesus. And love gives. I give so much because I actually believe in this thing called the gospel. Why you volunteer down at that church? I volunteer down at the church because this is the church that's the lighthouse for this region. This is the front runner in this region. And I hope we have every church in, in Dickinson running with the power of the Holy Ghost. But until we do, I'm running with this one. Why are you giving to that building fund? I'm giving to that building fund because I want to be a part of it. Because the day's coming where it's going to be paid off and I won't be able to give to the building fund anymore. And I want to say I was a part of it. Laying up treasure in heaven. How long do you think you can keep that up? I'll keep it up till Jesus comes back. That's how long I'll keep it up for. The Lord's marking people for eternity. The Lord's implanting eternity in people's hearts. The Lord's going to make it that, that you'll begin to see life. You'll begin to see life. And it's just this brief period of time that we have. I'm not living for here. I'm passing through. I'm a sojourner in the land. I'm not a citizen of the United States of America. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm, I'm a temporary resident here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Lord, you're everything to us. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Lord, you're everything. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for calling us out of sin. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for marking us. Thank you for using us. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing like it. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Jesus, do whatever you want to do in us. We're all in. We love you, Jesus. The Bible says that the Lord gave, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. So he gave to some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the edifying of the saints and building up of the body, the work of the ministry. God gave your pastors as a gift to you and to this region. And I know that people have, um, that God, God put revival in your pastors. God put the fire of the Holy Ghost in your pastors. God put souls on the inside of your pastors. And that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. So that's the DNA of this church. That's the DNA that the Lord, through the anointing, will put in you, and through their preaching and their teaching, will put in you. Remember, the, 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 you're supposed to carry the DNA. God puts you in a church for that so you can carry that DNA. So that's the heartbeat of this church. And I believe the Lord's reaffirming that in your pastors because that's what, that's what they've come out of. And that's, that's, I don't know if you can use the word vessel or weapon, but that's the weapon that God said that Dickinson needs to counteract the darkness. God looks at a church differently than we do. We see church, welcome home. Hope they have a great kids, kids program. Hope my kids are happy. Number one requirement of going to church shouldn't be, are my kids happy? It's, it's are we spiritually fed? And will our pastors hold us accountable so we'll have fruit in eternity, will they push us out of our comfort zone so we can accomplish everything God has for us? Not, is there a nice kids facility? And I know, you know, there's a nice building, this, but the way people see church is different than the way God sees it. God sees it as 
like a game of risk where he, pl he, he plants certain gifts in certain areas to take the land. It's a pillar and stay of the truth. He says, I'm putting down roots there. And that's why he would call people. We, it, that's why the apostles prayed, fasted and worshipped, and then sent out Saul and Barnabas. And they went. And that was the Holy Ghost saying, I want men there to go establish a work. And then Paul's there, and then he sets up Timothy as the pastor when he goes there. You know, Timothy was the pastor. And then, so God's looking to take territory. And so God brought you a revival, revival pastors. Pastors who love souls. So if you're going to be part of the River Church Dickinson, fall in love with souls and revival and the anointing and being out of your comfort zone and giving and pressing in to receive and prosperity and fall in love with it. And, and I don't care what people out there think. I think, I think this church needs merchandise because I know there's people who don't, out there who don't like the River Church. But I think you should all have ch shirts that say River Church. <laughs> yes, I go to the River Church, and I love it. <laughs> River Church member and unashamed. Amen. God didn't call you to... St this isn't a, a competition with other religious people. It's to, it's, a church is there to see the sick, dying, lost world saved. Not to take members from other churches. It's, it's, to, it's to see the kingdom of God established in, in this area. When you say, Lord, do what you want to do in me, that's what he's going to do. He's going to burn a love for souls. God brought you here. Could have taken you anywhere. Brought you here. Amen. So when you invite people here, and I know I'm probably preaching in the choir a little bit. I know this is a core group, but when you invite people, hey, this church is lively. We believe in the power of God. We'll stand up for what the word says. I'm not ashamed.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for your anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People may look at this and they say, why is that necessary? Why, why are you just saying nothing? But this is, the, this is the anointing, the presence of God. This is what people are dying to get to. <laughs> this is what sets the captives free. So if you want a church where people get healed, you want a place where drug addicts can be Delivered, demoniacs can be delivered, bodies can be healed. Place where you can go, bring someone with a cancer diagnosis, they can get healed. You want that, then you got to let the anointing flow. Because that same Holy Spirit who does those things, does this. And implants vision on the inside. And what you, what, what you maybe don't see is what the Lord's doing on the inside. What you don't see is what God's doing on the inside of people that'll carry them for years to come. Hmm. Decisions that people are making on the inside of their heart. It's in meetings like these that people leave addiction behind. It's meetings like these that people, the Lord's been dealing with them about ending a relationship and they just say, that's it. I'd rather have the anointing than anything else. That's what the Lord does on the inside of people. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord together for his presence? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so wonderful. Holy Ghost, thank you. Lord, thank you for Dickinson. Thank you for planting this church here. Thank you that this gospel light will shine. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you've called these people to be a part of this. Thank you that you implant on the inside of them a love for Dickinson and for the people here. To see it shaken. Let them take it as their own mission field. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let them see the let them see what you think of them, that you would put them here in this place to be a part of this great harvest of souls and see Dickinson shaken. Hallelujah.
Halleluja. Halleluja. Is it Amber? Can I have you come to Amber Lee? Can I have you come testify? If you tell us what the Lord did for you, um, was it last night? Last night. Tell us what's happened. Well, so when Krista was saying, it's Krista, right? Um, that if you've had something in the past that was really um, just anything bad that had happened to you in the past, it's not your fault. And that really ministered to me, and I received it. And then she was talking about you have to open your heart to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. And that's literally what happened. <laughs> I, received, I received it, and I opened uh, my heart to him. And so I was getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. And I remember just laying over there, laying. I didn't care what about anybody. I didn't feel like anyone was in here besides me and the Lord. And I literally felt the things that I didn't think that I need to be broken of. He was breaking me free. Um, anxiety, depression, fear, each little thing I had, I literally felt the Lord breaking those chains off of me. And I was laying there, and I felt the anointing told me to go touch my sister, Desiree. If you guys didn't know that, that's my sister. And so I touched her, and the anointing fell upon her. And so then I asked the Lord, do you have more for me? And he said, I always have more joy for you. So I came up for a second dose. <laughs> and I remember laughing, crying, laughing crying. And out of the sudden, I felt a push with inside me. It had to be the spirit because I just fell. I fell to the ground. And I laid there and I received this vision from the Lord. He laid next to me and he smiled and he took both of my hands and he started pulling all of the things that are not of him, the memories that were bad, and he threw them away and showed me the light of every situation. And he just sat there, and he hugged me, and he said, I love you, daughter. And that's what I received last night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 